0: Hello and welcome to the LSAT Demon Daily. My name is Eric. I'm a teacher and a tutor with LSAT Demon. Joining me is Sam Fraser, who, Sam, you are a prolific ask button respondent. You've, If any of you listening have ever asked an, a question through the ask button on LSAT Demon, Sam has probably responded to you at some point, so you'll know him through that. Sam, you also do a lot of crucial sort of backend work with the Demon as well, right? So one of the undercover right, right. stars of the Demon.
1: I don't know about that, but thanks. Thanks, Eric. Uh, yeah, glad to be joining everyone here. You um, received a question from the ask button, which is why I'm here, of course, uh, about a student who's kind of struggling on logical reasoning. They're saying, seems like I've gotten a little bit worse at it. Can you help me or give me some sort of idea how to move forward? I have tons of notes, but it just doesn't seem to be getting better for me for any reason. What do we think, Eric?
0: I hear students worry pretty frequently that they are regressing in a particular area of the LSAT, Mm -hmm. like they're getting worse at LR for some reason, or like they've been doing worse at the logic games recently. I tend to think that that's probably not the case, that there is just a... so, So right off the bat, we can talk about the other issues here, but right off the bat, if you think you're getting worse at the LSAT, you're probably not. You're probably just seeing some very normal fluctuations in your scores and it's totally normal for people to have ranges in their section scores and their pt scores also just in like how you feel on any given day uh, in your ability on the test that's going to fluctuate that's totally natural it doesn't mean you're getting worse at the test
1: i mean if you picked up a bad habit along the way sure that could do something but most of the time it's just uh well you're just having a bad day today it's not that oh, I suddenly forgot everything I learned on the test. It's just, well, this thing happened today. This thing happened today. My mental space is just terrible right now. And I'm not going to be thinking clearly about it. It happens to all of us. So don't think you're alone at that either if this is happening to you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Do Do you remember, Sam, what your range was when you took the test? Oh, yeah. It was
1: 160 to 180. It was it was all over the place sometimes. I would have some months where I would score only in the mid 170s, and then all of a sudden I'd get a like a mid one hundred sixty. I'm like, where did this come from? And then I'm like, Well, I did have a terrible day today, and I would just rush through it not even trying. Well, that's probably the reason. It's not because I just all of a sudden got worse. It's just because I had a bad day today. That's just the reality.
0: For sure. And we will we will fixate on those short periods when it seems like we have not done so well, yeah. So it's it's natural, uh, okay. But not to linger too long. And yes, also my range by the time I took the official test was like one sixty eight to one eighty. So totally normal to have a right. variety of scores in there. But your response to this Ask Button correspondent, I think, was super helpful as just a summary of a few questions that you can ask yourself anytime you read an LR argument. And it, I think, just encapsulates what our approach to LR is. This process is the same no matter what your ability is, no matter whether you're getting better or plateaued or think you're getting worse. You can always come back to these three questions. So do you want to walk us through them?
1: Yeah. So like Eric said, this is not just a, well, I'll do this in the beginning, then I'll just abandon it. I did these questions pretty much every single time when I took my official test for the last time. Right off the bat, I'm asking myself, okay, I just read this passage. What is the author's conclusion? What is the author trying to tell me here? And then, okay, in my own words now, why does the author think that conclusion is actually proven beyond a shadow of a doubt? And number three, why is the author probably wrong about that second question? Why might they be wrong? What is one possible area where their conclusion is not 100% proven? And I think just walking through those steps, it kind of simplifies the argument for your, your head. There's a lot of convoluted language, of course, on the outside of, oh, this premise, this premise connects to this, connects to this, and this is why, this is why, this is why, this is the conclusion. If you can just simplify it down to, well, yeah, here's the conclusion, and the author thinks that's proven because of this and this. It kind of helps you conceptualize the argument just that much easier. And it's not so much gibberish, really, in the set.
0: I love that. And, and I also love that you include the stipulation that you answer these questions in your own words. Why is that mm-hmm. so important?
1: If you're just repeating what the passage says verbatim, you're not really grappling with it enough. You're just repeating what the passage says verbatim. The way to simplify things is to make it make sense to you. The way I put arguments into my own words is not going to be the way you put arguments into your own words. We all have different experiences. We all have different strengths and understanding. Play to your strengths here. Play to your experiences. I love baseball and basketball. I try to put things in terms of those sports a lot of the time. If you're more of a soccer guy, don't try to put things in the terms of baseball and basketball, right? Like, um, make it make sense to you, however that may be, even if it's completely different to what everyone else is saying. It just matters that it makes sense to
0: you. So, for instance, if uh, you as a basketball fan were to give your own example of a part-to-whole flaw, you might say something like, the Philadelphia 76ers have many good players on their team. Therefore, they are a good basketball team.
1: Okay, well, maybe we don't need to attack my sister
0: right now. But. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to, yeah, had to slide yeah, yeah. that in there. All right, okay. So to return, return to sure. the questions, um, just to break them down one at a time, to repeat them. Number one, in your own words, what's the author's conclusion? And if you are newer to the LSAT, perhaps you haven't yet learned everything there is to learn about identifying argument parts and understanding truly what a conclusion is, what a main conclusion is, what premises are. Um, if, If that's still where you're at, I encourage you to, I believe we have a lesson on this very topic in LSAT Demon on identifying argument parts. If the goal is to attack the argument and to understand why an argument might be flawed, you first have to know for sure. Well, okay, what is the author's main point? Yeah, right, um, exactly. So, so step one is identify the conclusion, and then this, and then the second step, um, what? It, why is it that the author thinks that they have done their job? Like the author thinks exactly. that with their argument, they have proven that their conclusion is true. Like they believe that they they think they're a genius for what they have written, and that they've convinced mm-hmm. you. Um, and it is you have to understand like what is the author's thought process right why is it that they think that their premises add up to their conclusion exactly like if you're a defendant or if you're a defense attorney and the uh, prosecution
1: says your client's guilty well the whole point is you're trying to prove no my client has not been proved guilty you're not just trying to attack um, their evidence right you kind of trying to attack their main point that my client deserves to go to jail, right? Something like that.
0: Absolutely. Um, And then that gets into the third question. Why might the author be wrong? Mm -hmm. So given that our understanding of first, what the conclusion is second, why the author thinks they have proven their conclusion. We then dig into why do those premises not prove that conclusion? Right. Right. Why is it the author might be wrong? Exactly. We continue with the, kind of prosecution thing,
1: well, yeah, they have fingerprints, maybe they have placed at the scene of the crime, but does that really prove that they committed the crime, or does that just prove that maybe they were there and someone else could have committed the crime, right? You're trying to pick away at their parts and say, yeah, you have this and this, but that doesn't necessarily prove
0: this, right? 100%. Now, Sam, when we have asked and answered these three questions, how does that allow us to more quickly and accurately answer these questions? Because, OK, maybe we identify identify a flaw in the argument, but it's not a flaw question. How? Why is it mm-hmm. that this same pattern, these same three questions are useful no matter what the eventual task is uh, in the question
1: yeah so questions on the lsat they they're important right different question types of this asks this type this asks for you to find this and so on but at the end of the day they're all won or lost in that first part of the passage did you understand the passage enough because if you think about it what are the lsat writers trying to do they are trying to test did you actually understand this passage because if you did you can easily answer this question then No matter what the question ends up asking you, it's going to be all tied back to those three questions, particularly the third. Right? Why isn't it proven? Well, if it's a necessary assumption question, it's because the author is assuming this. It's a flaw question. It's because the author this might not be correct. This necessary assumption, something like that. Right? Even on parallel questions. Well, okay. I thought about the argument. Right? I have their conclusion. I have why the author thinks this is right, and I have why they kind of messed up here now mm-hmm. i'm just going to find the exact same thing in the answer choices no matter what it is it's going to be the same process and it's going to help you no matter what and that's what's important here
0: yeah in a, in that example of a parallel reasoning or parallel flaw question mm-hmm. you could essentially ask yourself those same three questions for every answer choice Exactly. and if your answers are the same then that's your answer and if your answer is right, any right. of those um, are, are not the same, uh, then yeah, you're, you're not looking at the same flaw. hundred percent agree. Yep. Great. Well, I think we can leave it there. Um, just to recap three questions, no matter your skill level, you should always be asking yourself when you read an LR argument one in your own words, what's the author's conclusion Two, in your own words, why does the author think that conclusion is proven true? And three, why might the author be wrong? Yep. Awesome. Anything else to add, Sam?
1: Nope. I think if you just keep practicing those, you're going to improve no matter what. Even if it feels like you're at a plateau, just keep trying to improve your underlying skills. Eventually, you're not going to have a bad day anymore. You're going to kill it. So stay
0: positive. Keep on at it. Excellent. Thanks, Sam. Email daily at lsatdemon.com if you'd like to ask a question or share some LSAT or law school admissions news. Thanks for listening.